the funny part of like jeeping is that's a legal term I can use. I can't use jeeping or jeep. Yeah. Like those are owned by jeep, but jeep in is they, they can't own it. So that's how I can play with it. Sticking it to the man. Sticking it to the man. Fuck you, Stellanis. Yep. All right, welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast today. As always, we have Jonathan Woolley. I'm Mike Sanders, and we have a special, special guest on today, our buddy Jeep and Bubba. There he is, the man, the myth himself. Uh, Jeep and Bubba is, of course, his stripper name. His real name's Brad. <laughs> Definitely not nearly as cool. There we go. <laughs> Throw your dollars. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's the guy from Black Bear Off-Road. He knows a ton about any type of off-roading, overlanding, winching, rock crawling, anything awesome you're going to do in the woods, basically, with some buddies. He's your guy. Bubba, take it away. Introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going? I'm uh, Brad, Jeep and Bubba Coron. Uh, I own Black Bear Off-Road here in Beaufort, Georgia. Um, we got a shop where we build mostly Jeeps, but we do trucks and all kind of other stuff, off-road things, uh, overland stuff, whatever. If you can bolt it, weld it, cut it, we do it. Um, and uh, we run a website. We sell parts and stuff like that, too. So um, been doing automotive professionally for like 12 years now. I've been off-road like 10 or so. Um, so, yeah, been after it for a little while. But uh, I hit up Wooly. I said, dude. I've been watching you and Mike. I like your like old man complaining that's going on, a little bourbon or scotch going. I said, I've got some stuff I gotta say. I want there's a something I really want to talk about. So I asked for the uh, uh for you guys to pull me on here, which I, I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Yeah. Um, so I got a question to start you off, and then and then I'll, I'm just kind of teeing up what I really want to talk about here. So I want to know what you guys think. When you think of like audio, like automotive, media, uh, entertainment, or news related to like the automotive industry, whether it's aftermarket, cars in general, what do you think of like as where would you go to get your either news, entertainment, media, maybe in the past? Like where did you consume it the last like three to five years? And where do you where do you see it right now? Where do you consume it right now? Shoot. Well. Hell, I'll start. Um, except, screw the last three to five years. Like <laughs> twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago, when I was a teenager, dreaming about the Integra or the Eclipse or the Eclipse I was about to get, you know, or whatever. Like, it was definitely print magazine. There was nothing else. Might have been some mischief videos a little bit later, around two thousand or so. But like for the informative stuff, print magazine. 100%. It was Super Street. It was Turbo. It was Sport Compact Car. Those were the guys. Uh, Naz, John Nadiri, he was like the editor that in a way is kind of my career role model, I guess. You know, I, I looked, I thought he was funny as hell when he wrote. He talked to people and I thought that that was really cool. Um, and back then, all the editors, they were like opinionated, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they said what they thought, at least to a certain extent. You might not always agree with it, but you felt it. You knew that they were talking from a place of passion. Then what? Then I guess forums came in. That's the thing. The last, I'm a bad person to ask because the last three to five years, I don't pay attention to media. It's all shit. Like, I don't, 
I don't want it in my head because subconsciously it'll affect my own thoughts. You know what I mean? And I, so I kind of don't want it and I kind of don't like it. I, I mean, the answer is YouTube. That's the answer. That's where everybody's at, but I don't watch that shit personally. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree. Um, same way, you know, I'm not quite as much of, as, of an old man as Wooly is, but yeah, I basically started off getting all of my, automotive media when I was in middle school and high school from print magazine companies. And then there was some, uh, there was some TV shows and stuff sprinkled in there. They did uh, some stuff for, you know, cars that I actually cared about every once in a while, but it wasn't very often. That was mostly muscle car stuff that you would find online and pretty much nothing else. That was what they were going for. But what media has morphed into is this strange misinformed and just totally scratching the surface because pictures look cooler than what's actually happening it's it's become this really really weird thing i feel like we used to know who the automotive journalists were and they were they were the book they were the knowledge you knew that if john nadiri said something he was right and he meant what he said and he was dropping knowledge on you so you needed to pay attention now you just kind of thumb through reels or TikTok, and a story happens to pop up and you see it and you're like well that guy said some stuff maybe it was right maybe it wasn't i have no idea i really don't want to fact check him let me just scroll to the next one and and then same thing with instagram it's all just very much surface layer stuff and because of that media is kind of dead to be honest it, it's just a lot of people shouting Yes, Jonathan. Sorry, I, I, I wanted to, media has become I know we're over answering your question now, but you got us fired up already. We've been drinking a little whiskey. Media's become selfish. It used to be for the culture. Now it is for the person making it. It's about the views and the subscriptions. It's a, not about they're they're not inspiring. They're influencing. It's literally in the fucking name. They're influencing. Like the way it used to be in the print era and my era was they inspired you to, to get involved, to buy. There wasn't comments. You didn't get like all this peer pressure from outside commenters who frankly aren't qualified to be talking, but they have a microphone. And, and so it was a whole different thing. And that it was the stuff on YouTube. It's not relatable. That's another big problem. It's all larger than life because it's designed for views. It's designed for shock value, and it's designed for the person making it. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. You design it for the person receiving it, and you make it relatable, and you inspire them instead of influencing them, and you try and get them to get that fire. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, oh, man, I want to get involved. I want to do something. This is awesome. And that side of it's dead. That's why I don't watch it, because I just don't, I don't care. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I still love cars. I still love to play with cars and live my lifestyle around cars, but I don't pay attention to the media like I used to. You know what else I really, really hate about <laughs> media nowadays? The advertising doesn't flow as well as it used to. You take a print magazine, for example, and you have just badass content all throughout it. And then you happen to have an ad sprinkled in there and people just kind of see it sprinkled in there it's not too much in your face but it's it's sprinkled in there and you kind of learn who the brands are what they do just by thumbing through the magazine it's not like nowadays where it's like 
Today, we're going to be talking about Teslas, and it's sponsored by our friends over at TurboSmart, you know, and it's just like always the most sold out crap ever, and it makes me want to just turn it off immediately. Yes, Jonathan. <laughs> That's because print gave you a captive audience. When you picked up a print magazine, hang on, you basically were deciding, all right, I'm not going to pay attention to the outside world for a minute. I'm going to be in here. So the ads became part of the deal. It was part of the art. It was like, you know, you just kind of gazed at it. In the digital world, media finds you. You oftentimes don't find it. It comes, or even if you're looking for it, like the ads are an annoyance. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to find some information and then the ads pop up and you're like, get the fuck out. It actually has the opposite effect. It's annoying. You are annoying me with your ad. Uh, and so the whole thing is the whole thing is different. Um, but I, th I would I would be willing to bet that most people get their media just off of social media, just stuff that comes across their newsfeed that they didn't intend to see. They didn't go after it. It's different with print. Back in the day, you picked it up and that it was some idle time and you blocked out the world. Today, it's just it's chaos. It's chaos. It's chaos. And everybody's just trying to overshout each other. And the really sad part is there there truly is room for both, in my opinion. The market can bear both. But but our previous advertisers and every other magazine out there's previous advertisers saw free and you just can't compete with that. They wanted to cut costs. And that's what Facebook and Instagram and everything else offered. You know, come in here and we'll give you the big gaudy numbers, even though they're not real. Uh, lots of bots, lots of fake accounts, but you get big gaudy numbers that you get to show to your boss and feel good about. That's cool. And you get to partner with people and uh, yeah, it's great. So they all cut all their print budgets. And now that's why you've seen the complete exodus of traditional, not even just print, just traditional media in general. I mean, traditional media in general is gone. It is, is very sparse. So did we answer your question? Yeah, sure. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you mine quick answer, like along with you guys. So like my dad and I actually, I can't tell if there's very few people in my family who are car folks. Like my dad definitely wasn't a car guy. I get my first truck at 16 and I'm hooked. Like, I'm like, this is it. I want to be a car guy. So what do you do? You go pick up car craft magazine, hot rod magazine, like $19 and you get a free gift. Like, you know, it's a year subscription. So I'm like reading every inch trying to learn. And I think the way I approach automotive media is I'm always trying to learn something. So in the last couple of years, I've been watching the motor trend channel. Uh, I've been reading S3 magazine. I've been, I, I, look at stuff that I'm interested in. As far as YouTube goes, there's only two or three people that actually build, fulfill that niche for me. Like it's, you know, when I was younger, it was like two guy garage and like, like truck you and stuff like that. It was kind of cheesy. They cut away, they come back, yeah. they've done it, but that was still exciting. That doesn't like, where does that exist nowadays? Um, so for me, I'm, I'm, kind of been searching like where is a, a a good place to get that information even as someone who's in it every day i like look i like watching the hot rod stuff or looking at overland stuff something that i'm not seeing all the time like but i might you know eventually maybe i'd like to go buy an old c10 or like do something like that so for me i haven't seen that 
kind of old school media in quite a while. Um, the places I've seen it the best, I think, have been on the Motor Trend app, Motor Trend app, um, like Roadkill and some of the shows like that, which kind of like segues me into kind of what we're talking about today. So very recently, Four Wheeler Magazine, which ha- basically there are a few off-road magazines that are left, but basically was like the last big one. Uh, it's the largest 4x4 magazine, and it's been in business 61 years, but that will end this month here in February. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of rundown, and some of this stuff will probably hit for you guys. So uh, 10 Network, which was stood for the Enthusiast Network, um, they were bought in 2019 by Discover discovery channel so um discovery at the time was thinking we want to really build our own platform on demand and they had the velocity channel they had gas monkey they they got all this going on so they bought these titles and immediately killed almost all the publications so they had 22 publications and they killed 19 of them so i'm going to tell you a couple of the ones that they had so they had Carcraft, Diesel Power Magazine, Hot Rod Deluxe, JP Magazine, Low Riser, uh, Mopar Muscle, Super Chevy, Street Rodder, Super Street, Truck Trend, Trucking, Peterson's Four Wheel Drive. There's Mustangs, Vets. There's t- there's tons on there, but um, the only ones they kept were Hot Rod, Four Wheeler, and Motor Trend. That's the three that they've been printing, and now they're down to two: Hot Rod and uh, Motor Trend. So. I found it kind of interesting. I did a little background research. Apparently, uh, Discovery Channel and uh, Warner Brothers are in the middle of a merger, and they have committed $20 billion a year to kind of surpass uh, Netflix in on-demand viewing. So I don't know if this has anything to do with them killing the, the publications or they're trying to turn everything digital now. Almost all those publications put out digital news and digital posts. You can go to motortrend.com backslash whatever the, say, car craft, and there's still a couple articles that pop up, but they're mostly clickbait things with very short articles, uh, a lot of pictures. You know, it's not really that great. I went through a bunch of them trying to to see if anything was good on there. So I'm assuming that's what they're going to do with four-wheeler is just post you know, uh, a few clickbait things here and there and and try to send you back to Motor Trend or whatever. But what I thought was also interesting, not just killing the magazine, on their app, Motor Trend, which is a paid app, um, I want to say it's like 60 bucks a year. I do subscribe to it. They've recently killed all off-road shows. So I really like a show called Dirt Every Day. Every time there's a new one, I'm watching it. It's a guy that actually was an editor for JP Magazine, which was the Jeep magazine that they produced. And the premise was they'd buy an off-road vehicle, fix it up in three or four days, and take it on the trail. And it'd be cheap. They'd show kids, like, hey, you can go buy this this junker and go off-road and have fun with your buddies. So I'm kind of wondering, is there a conspiracy? Is Motor Trend trying to, like, potentially – kill off off off-road because they're becoming woke because they're a part of like warner brothers whatever or is it just me is it just like me in general they're taking away off-road because it's not popular 
I have a hard time believing that off-road is not doing it for them on a financial standpoint because off-road's taken over SEMA the last three or four years. That's all you see is four-wheel drive, Jeep this, Raptor that, Bronco. Um, I, there's, I'm in the business. It's the best it's ever been for selling parts um, and Jeep and stuff like that. So I'm wondering, is is it new media that's kind of making this change or is it maybe something up top and corporate um i'm let you guys give your thoughts on that i do have a little bit more information about motor trend and a few things they posted uh actually just now for 2023 but after you give your kind of a thoughts on, on four-wheeler magazine or or magazines going down in general or maybe off-road um media why they would be getting away from that maybe as a company uh anything you can think of on that and then i want to give you guys some a couple little headlines out of motor trend and literally like the last month or so uh that i found interesting okay so will you care if i start go for it all right so so yeah <laughs> a lot of parts to answering those questions but well let's just start yeah with that's a whole lot of stuff but yeah let's, <laughs> let's start with the basics of it so first of all you went back to when they were 10 the enthusiast networks it goes yep. even further back than that when me and Wooly first started with s3 which was like jesus 17 years ago they were known as prime media and then they got bought out by source interlink then i think yep. it was and then discovery <clears throat> every single time that happens every every time a new conglomerate comes in and buys them and takes the assets heads roll because the new group thinks well, we can do it better we can do it cheaper we just spent a bunch of money on this we need to go make some profit back off of this so the first thing that they always do is they trim dead weight and that's been going on with that whole group of media for a long long time now they, they killed print uh, four wheel first of all r.i.p four-wheeler magazine that sucks i truly know and feel your pain because we've gone through the exact same thing here recently you know we had to quit printing s3 because of all the extenuating circumstances the fact is and a lot of you guys may not know this but i am the ad sales guy for s3 magazine so i'm the one that puts the deals together talks to the advertisers gets them in the book at least got them in the book the fact is more and more every single year as digital got more and more popular, it was just too easy for advertisers to go, ah, man, print's dead. It became almost just a saying that wasn't even truly found in any fact, but it was just saying, print's dead. We just don't have budget for print. All of our budget's going to, you know, the social media platforms. The fact is, printing is great. You have an actual tangible product in your hands, but it's expensive as hell to actually print it. Uh, it's expensive to ship it. It's slow and it's just, we're in the day and age now where news has got to be fast. I mean, you can literally take your phone, like, like look at these little Google machines that we're on right now, man. You literally take your phone, blah, 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 blah. And then you post it up and, and it's immediate news. As soon as it happens, it, go ahead. I had a woolly interjection. I was actually looking back at some of those old, like hot rod car craft magazines. Mm -hmm. Guys would ask, technical mechanical questions send them into the editor and they would answer them in the magazine 
How long did that take for them to get their answer <laughs> via mail in the back? And they're hoping. I hope you answered my question Dude. about my F100 this month and then in the back of this magazine. So, yeah, it was slow for sure. <laughs> Funny thing about that, they used to plan those magazines so far in advance. Like, I remember going through this with, with some of our, our old photographers that used to shoot for us. They'd be like, yeah, man, I just shot uh, something. And it's going in the new issue of Super Street. And we're like, which issue? And it's like one literally six months down the road from now. <laughs> Just because everything is so booked out for so long. So, yeah, it probably took those guys a quarter to a half of a year to actually get answers to their questions. <laughs> can you imagine waiting that long? And now you can just be like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, it all sounds ridiculous now. I mean, that's the thing. Back in the day, you just had to figure it out. Now you go to YouTube and look for answers. But see, <clears throat> like before Prime Media and all that, all these magazines were independent. That was the glory years. That was kind of, in a way, the way that S3 was. You were, you, like they would say what was on their mind. They were edgy and, and they really represented their culture as well. Then, you know, Prime Media comes in and starts buying stuff up and it loses some of it. You get the suits that come in and say, oh, 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 you can't say that, man, you know, or whatever. Or, you know, we had a buddy that started at S3 the same time I did, and then we ended up buying it. He ended up going, long story, another magazine, ended up at Import Tuner. And you would think that that would be like a dream job, right? Import Tuner in like the mid-2000s, that was like it. And he was miserable. He was like, I don't get to do any of the artist things that I want to do. They literally take the photo shoot, filter out all the photos that don't incorporate advertisers or something, Give me eight photos and say, there, put it in your template. You know what I mean? And it was just, it lost something, it lost something, it lost something. So in a way, print kind of killed itself too um, because it all just became so corporate. And then it sells the source interlink and, and it gets worse, you know, and then it sells the 10 and it gets worse. And we've seen it, dude. We're seeing it happen. Wheel pros, they're buying everybody up. And whenever they buy somebody, that company goes to shit. Rugged Ridge, our boys, they got bought by who? Who is it that bought Rugged Ridge? Um, Truck Hero. Truck Hero. That's right. Truck Hero bottom, and all the cool people left within a year. You know, it just it runs off the passionate people, and it turns it into another corporate thing, man. And we see that everywhere. It sucks. Absolutely. So speaking of corporations, I was like, let me take a look at Motor Trend because that's like their top dog now. That's their. They're still printing it. Um, the only other magazines, Hot Rod, I did check out Motor Trends app recently, and they're renewing all of Hot Rod-related shows. They're going to keep filming those. Um, but I'm like, what media they're, are they putting out? And they've already started their list for 2023. So this is like Car of the Year 2023, Truck of the Year 2023. They do a top 50 who's who in the automotive world. So I'm going to run those things by you real quick and get your reaction. So... The uh, Motor Trend Truck of the Year was the F-150 Lightning. Yeah. So just just the statistic to back it up that I found interesting, not trying to sway you guys in any way, but uh, 650,000 F-150s were sold last year. 15,000 of those were Lightnings. Yeah. So it's the Truck of the Year, but they sold 15,000. The car, I actually can't even find that much information about it. It's... The Genesis G90, yeah. uh, it's a $100,000 sports luxury car. So um, 
I guess we'll all go out and buy one of those. Then looking at their top 50 who's who. Now, I get this one. It's not necessarily like who's popular, who's done anything great. Um, but it's like who's kind of the important people in the top 50. So I'm not going to go all through all 50. But number 50 was Gavin Newsom, governor of California. Kind of noteworthy because he's banning, you know, automotive, automobiles that aren't electric uh, in 2035. Number 38 was, um, uh, let's see, Elon Musk. Seven, number seven, Christian Moyner. He's the uh, the G brand CEO. Stellantis' CEO was number four. Um, but then our number one guy of the year is the CEO, executive chair, I'm going to not pronounce his name properly, but I think it's Yusun Chung. So he's the third generation of Hyundai. Uh, that's your guy of the year. I guess Hyundai's going to be something big this year. We've got to keep our eyes on it. Funny enough, so he's the number one you know, person of the year, and then they've got the car of the year. Last year's person of the year, CEO of Ford. So... To me, it almost seems like a little bit of money's coming in from Ford and Hyundai, <laughs> maybe on no. Motor Trends Media. Um, not only is he there, I found two other Hyundai uh, kind of executives in their top 50 to watch. So uh, maybe they've got something to back it up. The reasoning is pretty small, like maybe a paragraph for each person. So um, I just found that media a little bit interesting, and maybe it makes sense for how they're uh, – they're trending. I don't know if they're going EV, they're going whoever's going to pay them, pay the advertising so they can stay online and on board. But uh, I'll get you guys' reaction on those <laughs> awesome Wooly. things. Wooly, who was it last year that even in the middle of the massive recall named the Mustang Mach-E car of the year? Oh, that I think it was like triple, triple A. It was. It was oh, so- it was. Okay. Never mind. Never no, mind. No, but listen, I. I think what Motor Trend is doing there is is they're just picking vehicles that shake up the industry or people that maybe shake up the industry, not necessarily for good. Uh, just like who is it? People Magazine might pick Bin Laden for the person of the year. He ain't a fucking <laughs> hero. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, I think that the F one fifty probably gets picked not because it's a great seller, but because it it. It's just different. It's disrupted the market in a sense. Uh, the car is is a giant headache for Ford, despite what they tell you, despite all the advertising talking about, oh, we've sold 40% more this year. Well, yeah, because you sold like 12 last year and, and they were recalled. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a, it's a train wreck. The Genesis G90, that's actually pretty sweet. I can speak to that because we had it as a press car. I mean, yeah, it's a $100,000 Korean car. Like, the market's not big. The only thing that's influential about it is they tried really hard. Korea, you know, the Korean brands are trying really hard to prove themselves, a lot like Toyota or Honda would have been doing in the 80s. Um, I think the bigger picture is that, and what drives me crazy is Motor Trend's got no balls. Like, they, they're not hot rodders anymore. Like, car enthusiasts, even Jeepers, are fucking hot rodders. Like, there, there's a grit about a car enthusiast. There's a little bit of, of deviance or, you know what I mean? Like, like we don't obey, like, you know, it's, it's it, but there's like a certain 
allure to it. Like there's a there's a, a charisma about our disobedience as power culture, if you do it right. These guys don't have it anymore. They keep saying, oh, everything's great. Yeah, no, this EV's cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's really pretty cool if you get it. And they're not standing up and going, wait, we've got to start being truthful or we will lose this industry. They're still playing games. It's that Southern California brotherhood where they're just all hanging out at the cool kids table and none of them are actually like taking a stand. None of them are being the journalists that they should be because they don't want to step out of bounds. They just, they'll play it. They're, they're going to let this whole EV transformation happen. And then they're going to tell you that the Borla speakers are exhaust and that they're actually cool on the Mach-E. Like what, where does this stop? When are people going to start standing up and saying, okay, enough's enough. We are leaders. Motor Trend is a leader in the automotive culture, but they're not being one. They're, they're being vanilla as hell. And that's what drives me crazy. I think it's beyond the point of like personal preference now. It's imperative. I think it's imperative that people start standing up to defend car culture. It is breaking my heart that like I've grown up in car culture and and they're giving it up inside of five years. Like, like the EPA is going to come through this shit like a tsunami through some Asian little village, dude. And it is going to just wipe it out. And they're not paying attention to it. They're too busy hashtagging and trying to be their own media. And, and man, it's going to be, it's going to bite us all in the ass, dude. All of us. It's going to affect us. I mean, you know, if the automotive industry tanks, S3's gone. Like, how can we be profitable? You're, you know, you're gone if you can't, if you get too chained up and you can't do mods, like it's, it's just getting stupid. So while we have real problems out there that somebody like Motor Trend actually has the influence to be tackling, they're talking about the F-150 Lightning being the truck <laughs> of the year. They're so off base, dude. Mm -hmm. It's pathetic, but it's still what people watch. Your average guy that is lightly in the car culture that maybe had a cool car when he was younger before he sold it and bought an F-150 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys that are always coming up to me and be like, hey, do you watch the Motor Trend, whatever? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. But, but those Motor Trend reaches a lot of surface, you know, car enthusiasts. And, and I just think they need to be doing better. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, like, I, I was okay. I understood definitely that, that four-wheeler magazine, like, I, I know magazines in general, and I guess potentially newspapers and things like that, that's, that's obviously going to go. What bothered me is they didn't, like, even want to pivot. There's no four-wheeler app, mm -hmm. nothing like that. And then they're killing the show. So I'm like, What's what's going on there now? My only source of information is gonna have to be social media. It's gonna have to be YouTube. It's gonna have to be just you know even or just talking to my buddies, which that's fine. That's probably the best way to go. Anyways, um, something I thought that was pretty funny. I was picking up some beer tonight and uh, sushi from Publix because you can get some discounts. You go kind of light late night on yeah. that uh, <laughs> on the Publix sushi, <laughs> especially on a Wednesday. They still have a magazine aisle, so I just walked down it just to take a peek. There was four automotive publications, um, Mopar Muscle, 
Tread Magazine, which is an off-road magazine I haven't heard of, um, and F100 Buyer's Guide. I don't, I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess that's hot. And Car and Driver. So that was the four that were sitting there. Um, so I guess you know, traditional media is basically we can just call it RIP. It's dead. Anything that's left around. I mean, we're. I guess we have our only choice is. If we're going to hang around and be the old heads and put out stuff, we got to do this. We got to podcast. We got to put out our own media or we can watch Whistling Diesel and whatever maybe <laughs> else be out there. That, well, and to speak to, <laughs> to, that point, to speak to that point, like you mentioned Whistling Diesel or any of those guys that are like shocking all YouTube channels or whatever, like the bigger picture now. And I know Mike can talk about this stuff is that like, the automotive aftermarket has kind of lost control of the influencers, so to speak. Like, they've lost control of the media. Like, back in the magazine days, or at least the traditional days, somebody from an aftermarket company could say, hey, I wanted to hit you guys up. I love the magazine. I've got this message I need to get out, or I've got this product I'm trying to get out. Can you guys help me? You know, I'd really love to reach your audience. And you figure out a way to do that. And some magazines did it better than others. Some were more sold out than others or whatever. But there was a relationship between the media and the aftermarket. And now that is effed. Like, I know that the aftermarket works with a lot of YouTubers, but YouTubers don't need their money. Like, YouTubers are getting paid off of YouTube. So you can't really control the trends like you used to be able to when the kids in the import world decide that 25 year old cars on 25 year old wheels and bags is cool you can't change that and it kills an industry and turns it into a hobby a little niche thing you know and and that that's like if you start peeling the onion that's like where this is going now like the industry has lost control of the enthusiasts and I think that that's going to pan out to be a bigger problem. Mike, anything? What do you think? I mean, you you pretty much nailed it. You know, we were talking about this earlier today a little bit when we were talking about uh, you did an article in a video earlier today uh, of that, that new EV Hummer breaking itself uh, in Moab. And that's a perfect example because back in the day, if that guy were like, part of a magazine company or just some sort of traditional media, the car would have a problem. And then he would immediately call and be like, hey, maybe we should like, let's fix this thing. Come get me. We'll try it again. You know, we'll, 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 we'll act like this didn't happen. We'll, we'll figure it out later. But like, yeah, these guys are YouTubers and they just happen to have that vehicle. So now they're going to use their platform because it's, it, it's, it's, it's big news. It's shocking all kind of stuff. It's exemplary. And yeah, they just put the camera on and say, this thing is a giant hunk of shit. And well, let's yeah. talk about it. Let's bash it. The reality is when it breaks inside, they're going, yes, I'm going to get so many hits on this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just a different thing. Back in the day, you'd be like, oh, no, uh, I better call my buddy and see what's going on, you know, or whatever. It's just mm -hmm. different now, man. It, but anyway, whatever, like back to your point, I know we kind of lost track of it. Why, <laughs> why are they killing four-wheeler and not doing anything with it? Yes, you're right. I Look, I love off-road stuff. I love car stuff. I love old stuff, new stuff, racing, all of it. 
And I can tell you that the off-road segment is the biggest booming segment by far. Do you know how many tire advertisers we lost? And even wheel advertisers, they're all trying to hit the off-road market, off-road, off-road. You know, 10 years ago, it was all drift, drift, drift. And now it's just off-road is everything. Um, every contractor is writing off a lift and wheels and tires for their new truck. Like, it is, there is no doubt that it is huge. So, like, there's no doubt that there's profit to be had. I don't know why they would walk away from that. I can understand why they would kill print. If you guys, you, why would you know? Like print has <laughs> gotten completely just battered. Uh, in the, it was bad before Corona, obviously. The only magazines you had were either the super corporate ones or a couple independent guys like us that were just fighting the good fight. But then Corona, like everything else, it made paper get scarce fast. It made the prices go up and there's not that much margin. You know, like, I mean, I'll just fucking, like when we were printing an issue, it's like 30 grand. You know what I mean? Like, and so when you print the next one, they go, oh, it's going to be 37. And then you print the next one and they go, oh, it's going to be 45. You know, you can't keep up with that. It's especially when everybody's pulling out a print. Um, So I understand why they're not printing. What I don't understand is, there's value in the name. You know what I mean? There's value in the people that are there. Why not use those people? It seems suspect, and I hate to run to the woke, you know, whatever, but it seems suspect that you would just walk away from an industry that's kind of flourishing and an industry that people want to hear from. I mean, everybody wants to hear from. The, the, thing, the, the unique thing about the off-road market is it's, you know, age 13 to 103. You know what I mean? Like you're messing with hot imports. Come on, it's a young man's game. You know what I mean? Like it's a younger demographic, but literally all ages can see the appeal in a Jeep. You know what I mean? Like it, it speaks to everybody, men, women, all walks of life, all ethnicities, all income levels, like all ages, like a Jeep speaks to those people or a Toyota truck or whatever it is, they're iconic things. So I don't understand why you would kill that. It doesn't make sense to me. And why would you keep, I can understand keeping Hot Rod because those are old guys. They like their print magazine, but are they really old guys? There's a lot of young guys that are messing with Hot Rods. But anyway, it's all part of the same era. You know what I mean? Print and 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 the Hot Rods and doo-wop music and diners, like it all works together. I get that. Um, I get Motor Trend because that's their bread and butter. Uh, I just don't understand why you wouldn't do something more with four-wheel drive. Like, so did they cancel the shows? Yeah, so pretty much any of the off-road shows on the app are dead. And something I thought was, like, incredible. So Dirt Every Day that I was my favorite show that they had, mm-hmm. they just went straight to YouTube, the two guys that are running it, um, Fred and Dave. And they've got, like, half a million followers already, like, just in a few months. Wait, so they went independently to YouTube? Yeah. So yeah. once they got fired and lost their job they just went and started filming it themselves in their garage and, so, and not as good production but they've already got a huge following that's the so thing 10, ten was a successful show <laughs> yeah 10 gave that up they lost those guys they lost that viewership they lost those advertisers and just gave it directly i don't understand the move i just don't get it unless i you know dare i say and i'm going out on a limb here but i know we're all thinking it that you know 
10 is owned by Discovery. Discovery's partnered with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is owned by AT&T. And those guys are rich enough to call some shots and have some agendas and decide which way they're going to steer America. You know, like if you're in the the EV boat, not that there's anything wrong with EVs, but like if you're in that boat, who's your biggest enemy? It's the big lifted truck off road, punching salmon in the face and killing Bambi with their vehicles kind of guys. You know, we talked about this before. (laughs) The enthusiasts, like we're kind of the minority and we're getting more and more and more of the minority as you know, new people are lame and they're not into cars and stuff. So like, <laughs> you know, the world, the government, and it's not just our government, it's it's first world governments are pushing this EV thing hard. You got to wonder why, but that's the problem. Most people don't wonder why they go with it. And it's the enthusiasts that are going, wait, wait, I've got decades of, of, of experience with this and this and this and this doesn't add up. And this part of this production is very dirty. And what's going to happen here? And so the guys at the top, top, top levels, we are a thorn in their ass. We are the 6% of the population that they need to shut up. You know what I mean? And so how do they shut you up? They take away your voice. They shadow ban you. They take away your platform. They take away four-wheeler. You know, and pretty soon, if there's not a four-wheeler or an S3 to go, hey, the Hummer EV's lame as shit, guys. Pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> then it becomes not lame anymore. It's just they, they've succeeded. They've pulled it off, you know, and right now, the enthusiasts are the squeaky wheel, like I said, the thorn in their ass. So that makes sense. I mean, I haven't invested, but if you're just following logic, it kind of makes sense. Why would you kill something that's profitable and that people want and that you already have? Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I do think there's probably some validity to, validity to what you guys are saying. But the fact is, I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you from a media business perspective because this is what I specialize in. When it comes to these digital media companies, one of the biggest problems is whether you're doing app or, or videos or just a website, which they're doing all of them. But you basically come to the problem where you've only got so much space for ads. You know, you can't like like with S3, when S3 was humming along and the magazine was going great, we had like 50 advertisers in an issue, if not more. And it's it's really easy to do that. And so you just collect the check from those guys when you print and it's, it's really easy to get enough money because you don't have to screw everybody over. Whenever you're doing it digitally like this, you ideally want to have like five at the most eight to 10 advertisers who are involved. And you want them to pay the maximum amount, but you also know that they're only going to pay so much like they are actually limited as to what they can do. So they're going to go in and they're going to pull in the biggest tire manufacturer, the biggest wheel manufacturer. They're going to get the biggest car manufacturers involved and they're going to tap those guys out. But those guys do have a limit. They do have a budget as to what they can actually spend every year. And sadly, I have a feeling the sad truth is that a couple of suits and a couple of accountants got together and basically said, this is fat that needs to be trimmed. This will basically just be extra that we will be paying to produce that is not producing additional income off of what we can already make. That's that that, there's probably more to that than we think. What about the whole source interlink prime media plan back when print was still around? 
the way that they just, you know, ran the show was that they would be like, okay, Toyo Tires, you spend your budget with us. We'll make sure that your, you know, our triple eights get an import tuner. We'll make sure that your, you know, open countries get into JP magazine. We'll make sure that whatever the retro stuff, I don't know what it is, gets into hot rod. You know what I mean? They dispersed it into all the magazines. So they mm -hmm. had an answer for everybody. It seems like if you keep four wheeler around, you can go, okay, Toyo, Falcon, whoever it is, we'll put your performance tires and motor trend. We'll put your, you know, mud terrains and all terrains in the, in the off-road adventure magazines or whatever. Like it just doesn't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I wish I did. I don't really understand why they would make that move. Unless we're in the middle of something bigger right now and, and hot rods next and motor trend is going to morph into motor, you know, something else. Hot rod will be a, a, a page within the motor trend at, you know, like, I don't know, unless we're just in the middle of it. So it doesn't make sense right now. To Mike's point, it would kind of make sense as far as where I've seen not just the automotive industry, but definitely the off-road industry in the last three or five years. We've seen 50 small, independent, medium-sized businesses become basically three companies. You know, we got Truck Hero, we got Wheel Pro, and Wheel Pro's bought all the biggest names. Um, and I mean, they just bought Four Wheel mm. Parts who had all the different brands. If they feel like the executives at Wheel Pro that they don't want to sponsor a magazine, there's 75% of the, the brands right there. Dude, so dude, you're on to something because, you know, Wheel Pros, they bought Hoonigan. Like they bought so many companies that they now are media. You know, with Hoonigan, they can steer that ship whatever way they want to go. Uh, you got companies like Holly that are doing their own. A lot of these bigger companies have decided to be their own media. Even the smaller companies have media departments now where they used to just have a marketing manager. Um, now they're all worried about creating content. That's like a big part of every company. So maybe because off-road is a younger, hipper demographic, so to speak, a more active demographic, maybe it just, even though it was, it had a lot of views, like, I know between you guys, all my off-road buddies, you know, like you guys get, get your stuff on YouTube. You get your stuff online. That's where you are. That's where off-road culture lives. You're on always the Jeep on YouTube. And Bubba YouTube channel. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> good time to plug Jeep and Bubba. But that's what I mean, like Jeep and Bubba. You go and you ride trails and you talk about them and you show them and people eat that shit up. You talk about you know what wheel size to pick for your for your Jeep purchase or whatever and how to build around That's wheel size and and people that just bought a Jeep they eat that up because that is pertinent information so maybe maybe like in the off-road world it's already gotten too scattered and subcultured and it's all over the internet and and you know the traditional stuff which is now not even traditional it's all online and apps and stuff but you know what i mean the traditional old names just cannot it's just me everybody's media now i mean look your media you run a part store and you install jeep parts you know what i mean like everybody with a phone is media in some sense so maybe Absolutely. it's harder for them to compete yeah it would make sense i'll tell I you what don't know. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just yeah. keep the brand's been around for 61 years. It seems like they could survive this, you know, but if there's not someone at the helm of it that cares, uh, it would make sense. But there's only one app 
currently that's sending like news to my smartwatch and that's the S3 app. So that's where I'm going to get <laughs> my idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll read about, you know, how EVs are killing us and I'll hear Mike's rants on, on TikTok and it'll be great. So well, we'll be okay. And, are we kind of wrapping it up? What are you thinking? I mean, I'm halfway done with my last beer, so you've got to like get right here. So you got well, a part of point, and I was gonna use it at the conclusion. Use it. Wrap I'll it use up. it now. If it's not the conclusion, that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm all out of stuff. I'm all out of data. Me and Mike have a friend, Jonathan Wright, that does a YouTube channel. Uh, he actually has a car one now, I think, but he made his fortune, so to speak, doing firearms. Re firearm reviews and stuff like that and and accessory reviews on YouTube. Well, obviously YouTube is coming down hard on those guys. It's been hard, but they doubled down and I'm not going to pretend I know all the ins and outs, but he was writing something on social media that was like, guys, like this is real. Like they are are, are shutting it down and silencing it and, and, and basically trying to silence that whole demographic. It's a matter of time, the way the world is currently going, before car culture is next. When they eat up the gun culture, they're going to turn around and go, those guys. And it's never going to stop. After us, it's going to be the off-roaders for beating up the trails. And after it's the off-roaders, it's going to be the mountain bikers for wearing little, you know, trails into the... It's just, it's never going to stop until we're all at home eating Cheetos, <laughs> watching VR or something. Yeah. Just digitally how we were physically living 10 years ago. And people need to get their head out of their ass and stop being manipulated and divided by politics. It's not left or right. It's fucking Americans. And if you like freedom, you should, whether you're left or right, like you need to defend it. You need to defend your freedom to do shit, right? Like that's the beauty of America. Like you don't have to like the fact that I like loud cars. You just got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just the way it is. But that's the next chapter of this. The next chapter is that YouTube silences car culture. Everybody's now put all their stock into YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And those guys are going to get together and go, yeah, just flip the switch, turn them off. And then what? And then who do you reach? You know what I mean? Like, how does car culture reach people? Um, I think that's kind of imminent if you're paying attention to what's going on. I mean, that was actually my big question. Like, how do we how how do we or how do we like how does that information about automobiles reach the consumer if they kill print if they kill tv and it's social then social is easily controlled like you know well i'm almost seeing that at SEMA. like i'm almost a little concerned like like we see kind of a little bit where SEMA's going and where the show's going it's like I almost feel like, like you said, like the enthusiast is the minority and it's like, uh, that all this stuff is lining up. Like, you know, if you're actually like hardcore into it, kind of, you know, it just yeah. seems like it follows the corporate suit, it follows the money, and then we're all just left and whatever's, you know, we think, we think we have all these options on YouTube, but you're right. Like if they decide, let's kill automotive. Yeah, where do we where do we post? Oh well, and this is how they'll do it. Yeah, that was the use of an unauthorized, non-EPA approved exhaust. Therefore, we don't, you know, or whatever. And they'll just shut everything down. Uh, you know, it, it that's that is the tragedy of what's happened here. Is you've taken traditional media, which was by the culture for the culture, and it kept the money circling. And we've said this before, but maybe 
there's a different audience because you're on here, so I'll say it again. Like, it kept the power of the culture in the industry, right? Like, if Company A had a good year, they advertised in the magazines. The magazines had a good year. They went out and got people psyched to buy stuff. Those people bought stuff from Company A and B and C and D, and it was all just, it wasn't so counted. You know, you weren't watching the statistics of your ad. You just had faith. You were just putting money into the culture. The culture was getting stronger. People were getting hooked on this shit. Before you know it, Hollywood's making movies like Fast and Furious, one, two, three, four, five. You know, and, and it was just, it was strong. It was very strong. It was so strong. It was like mainstream. Um, and then, you know, social media comes around and these bastards basically said, hey, we'll just give you, you know, views for free. And, and it did. It worked. 10 to 12 years ago, it worked like a charm for a lot of companies. We were one of them. And then they said, now you're going to fucking pay. It was, you know what I mean? Once they had you, they're like, now you're going to pay. Oh, now you're going to pay more to get the same likes you got when you paid less last time. Oh, well, now a bigger company like you than you, I don't know, Toyota's advertising. So you got to compete with them for views. Now you got to pay more. And so it's no longer free. You know, it's as expensive as print ever was when you break it down by the month or anything like that. Um, the difference is they don't care about car culture. They're not coming jeeping with you. They're not going to freaking slammed enough or grid life or import alliance they're not supporting the culture they don't give a fuck if your vent gets shut down because of corona they don't give you a mate they don't go hey man we got your back dude we know that you know this didn't go well we'll get you an ad in the next issue it's on the house no it's a vending machine you pay again you don't cover your event you gotta pay if you want anybody to see like the whole thing they don't care about the culture, they're just taking the money from this culture and from every other culture to make themselves richer, rich enough to where they can influence the future of America and which direction we had and what kind of cars we're gonna be driving. And guess what? <clears throat> they're not fucking fans of Jeeps and Hondas with swap motors and old Porsches and stuff like that. Like, no, they want us all driving pods that drive themselves while we're here, while we're buying, while we're, you know, viewing and looking. It's fucking disaster that we created we created it by being selfish by thinking that we can cheat the system you know what i mean and we can do it cheaper ourselves and it's the thing a culture is not about yourself it's a tribe and the whole tribe has to be strong for the culture to be strong i think we all need to learn how to work on carburetors because i think that's the only way <laughs> they can keep us from not having cars right we can we can cook our own moonshine and run e85 and we can we can have carburetors. We don't need computers. So well, that's a whole other thing. They're taking, you know, they're taking good citizens that have a car hobby and they're turning them into criminals slowly but surely, dude. And these guys are not going to stop. Some will, but you're going to take good people and turn them in. And that's what happens when you lose your freedom, right? Like like good yeah. people turn into fighters and criminals and outlaws and. And yeah, that's the way we're fucking headed if we do not get smart and start, you know, fighting this stuff where we can. Not violently, I'm not saying fight, you know, but like, you gotta rise up. And Seema's the same thing. Seema's, you know, I don't, I don't know what Seema's doing, but you can tell a change in the show. Um, you guys there? The yep. Okay, sorry, I just got a low battery and both of y'all were not moving. And I was like, uh... <laughs> So I have, but yeah, I you know I don't know. Is Seema's effort too little, too late? 
I got the feeling it is. I got the feeling that they're all patting each other on the back and nominating each other and their buddies for, you know, certain chairman spots and all that. Meanwhile, it's like the Titanic, man. The ship is sinking. It's got holes in it. It's sinking. And they're over there, you know, I don't know, living the good life, trying to pretend it ain't happening, trying to keep their seat at the cool kid table and keep their press cars and keep their, you know, it's just, it's, it's stupid. But, but what can you do? All we can do is talk about it like we are. All we can do? Yeah. What else you got for us? Anything or is that it? That's it. I'm all out of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well been... you... Who's talking? Well, you been... nailed it. Take us out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a pleasure. Again, that's Jeep and Bubba or Beep and Jubba. <laughs> um, his name's Brad Coron. Uh, the the company, the shop that he has is Black Bear Off Road. It's blackbearoff-road.com if you want to go check him out. He's one of my good buddies. Uh, saved my ass more than a handful of times when it comes to, to Jeeps and whatnot. And it, hey, if you guys like have a Jeep and you don't have a crew, like hit us up. Black Bear Trail Team. That's on what Instagram and Facebook. Um, we go riding. We go have a good time. And it doesn't matter how stock or built your rig is. And it doesn't matter how experienced you are. It's a no man left behind thing. And uh, the whole off-road community is super cool, super supportive. And like 90% of us came from cars and other rad shit, you know. So it's it's uh, it's cool stuff, man. Thanks for making us come on here tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we can I can get that off my chest. I can sleep easy tonight. Yeah, well, now you got me thinking. I'm about to get on Google and start researching. That's right. R.I.P. four-wheeler and all that stuff. <laughs> I know, man. All right, dude. Well, and as always, you guys can check us out. Uh, we have a freaking app. It's free. Um, there's no in-app purchases or any of that annoying crap when you get other free apps. It's called S3 Magazine. It's on Apple and Android. And just go get it. Just go get it, please. It's not going to hurt you. All right. <laughs> So with that, you want to say you you tell them to eat the prunes. I hope there's an adventure in your future. Eat your prunes. We'll be seeing you.